Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, August 31, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 587 of the Biden-Harris administration, 69 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram. My handle is TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, and our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. So Kevin Johnson returns to the show today. You might know him as Sam Dermody from Ozark or young Victor Creel from the latest season of Stranger Things or as Joel in Tales of the Walking Dead or Eric in the forthcoming series Florida Man. Kevin was here uh, a few months ago, but we didn't have enough time to dig into politics at all. So today, we'll mostly talk about the latest from the grand jury investigation into Trump's document theft, plus a little bit about living with family members who happen to be Trump supporters and a whole lot more. Kevin's going to be appearing at the Spookula Holiday Spooktacular on December 17th and 18th in Ocala, Florida. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin underscore L underscore Johnson on Instagram at Kevin L Johnson. Links in the description for all of that crap. Meantime, if you dig what you hear today, don't forget to sign up for our bonus content at bobsuskashow.com. Okay, here's me and Kevin. This is a fun talk. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. I got to ask you right off the bat, are you anywhere near like a series or movie set at the moment? Are you in a trailer or are you just at home? Just at home, my man, waiting on that call. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, you've been in everything. The entire streaming community should be lining up to hire you, uh, given your track record so far. I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, I'm 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 talking to my manager later today. Uh, He's got to talk me off the ledge kind of deal. I mean, it happens in the business, you know. With streaming, though, is there like a pilot season? Where it's sort of like uh, back in the old days when there was a certain point in the year, usually I think like late spring or something like that, where everyone would get lined up. Uh, you know, if, if they didn't live in L.A., they'd fly out to L.A. to be available for uh, auditions and so on. Is, is, does that still happen or is that kind of a thing of the past? I feel like it's been um, ever since I've been in uh, the business, like late 2008, um, you know, because once Netflix 
came out. I mean, you know, once they started doing their own content, you know, then everybody else started coming out with things, which is mm. great for all the actors. I mean, it's, you know, more content means more possibilities, more opportunities. But yeah, the whole idea of going out to LA during quote pilot season, I don't know. I don't, I, I just don't think uh, it's the same anymore. Well, last time you were here, we talked a lot about Ozark and what would happen to your character yeah. in the final season. But now that we know what happened to Sam and Marty and Wendy, et cetera, Sam ends up being born again and baptized in a hotel <laughs> pool. It was kind of it was surprising because I think the last time we were talking, we were like, OK, how is Sam going to die brutally in this season? And it turns out just the opposite. You end up getting baptized. It was kind of a nice redemption for your character after so much chaos and turmoil were you happy with the way everything ended up yeah i i thought that was uh that was an interesting way for sam's uh character to kind of end on the show um but some people you know like was he brainwashed into be into be you know he joined a cult kind of uh so (laughs) you you can can look at it that that way too Uh uh-huh definitely (laughs) and the cult was uh at least in that context being uh, run by Richard Thomas, which that had to have been yeah. intense working with Richard Thomas. I mean, the guy acted with Paul Newman back in the day. So were you uh, at all intimidated going into scenes with him? Uh, so we, I think we only had like one scene together yeah. and we, and I don't think actually we, ch- we actually said anything back and forth. <laughs> well, that makes scene. it easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, he, he was such a nice dude. Like, the nicest guy yeah. offset, like striking up conversations and just, I'm like, man, I'm talking to, I mean, I know him from it back in the day. So, right. Uh, right. I was a huge fan of that, you know, the, the television version. Um, and I just remember that movie and I was like, man, I'm talking to, I'm talking <laughs> to the guy from it, man. This is amazing. <laughs> and he was such a nice guy on my last day. I was asking him and Laura, like, what do I say? You know, how do I say my goodbyes and thank yous? Do I, you know, make sure not to leave people out? Mm-hmm. And they're like, whatever you say is going to be completely fine. Right, uh, right. So, and I posted that on Instagram like months later, uh, like, because somebody taped it. Um, that was a wild ride, man. It was a lot of fun. Did you feel like that character arc made sense to wind up there after all of the turmoil he went through from watching his mom get violently run over by a truck or whatever that was on through laundering money for the birds? And then finally, he ends up at the Lazy O and Mm -hmm. gets baptized. I mean, was that did you feel as though that was a justified conclusion for Sam's character? Yeah, I I thought it was a. I mean, the writers are amazing, so I thought oh, that yeah, was yeah. a yeah. a funny, heartwarming. You know, depending on how you look at it, kind of way for a character to to end. <laughs> and you had easily the funniest scene in the entire run of Ozark, and of course, I'm talking about the paella scene, where you're talking to that celebrity chef. Hey, um, can I ask you a personal question? Sure, why not? Do you make paella? I'm sorry? See, I tried to make paella for my ex-fiance, and she told me that it didn't taste authentic. 
so I figured since, you know, you're right here in front of me and you never know if you're going to get back together with someone that you might. What are we talking about? Well, chicken? Mm-hmm. Sausage? Yeah. Shrimp? Yep. Calamari? Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe some chicken stock. Ooh, yeah. Tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Onions? Exactly, yeah. Garlic? Yep. Mussels? Uh-huh. Yeah. You're fucking smothering it, man. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. It was fucking hysterical. Thank you. I, uh, Eric Layden was hilarious uh, yeah. to get to work with. Um, and it was so funny because the last thing he says is, you're smothering it. You know, and <laughs> it's so kind obvious. of like, yeah, and it's and it's also kind of like, was I smothering her? If you haven't seen it, go to season four. I think it's episode four of Ozark. I think it's been listed on a number of different websites as being one of the funniest scenes from the series. And we don't normally think of Ozark really? uh, for its comedy. Oh. Yeah, I know Screen Rant in particular. Rank, I think it was okay. number three on the list. There was a scene with like Marty in the funeral oh, home talking about a casket. And then there was, yeah, there was the scene uh, with the paella, which was so perfect. Because I remember after I, we watched wow. it, I, I sent you a DM and congratulated you on absolutely the funniest scene of the series so um but you know what i'm ashamed to say we haven't started watching stranger things yet i'm talking from the very beginning we just we haven't caught that bandwagon and we definitely intend to i mean it's absolutely on our list uh i wanted to ask you about playing young victor creel in the Mm -hmm. most recent season i mean how mind-blowing was it to occupy a character played by robert england in the series Oh, that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like, I didn't know uh, um, who I was playing a younger version of. Um, While you were shooting? There, so, uh, no, I knew after that. It was like oh, okay. when we were doing, before I went in for my fitting, I had no idea who this, who I was playing a younger version of. Um, mm-hmm. And because when I got the breakdown, it said they were looking for a young Bill Maher. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. So they're so secretive that they didn't want to say young Robert England. Hmm. So they said, who's similar to Robert England, maybe at a younger age? And they thought maybe Bill Maher. So, uh, and I looked <laughs> at them so weird. both and I was like, eh, maybe. Yeah, like, okay, I could see that. Um, and uh, so I, I, I called my manager. I was like, do I look like a young Bill Maher? I mean, is Bill Maher? <laughs> <laughs> gonna be in Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, for, and I was like, "What? Oh my god!" So, yeah, that was a trip. But when I found out that Robert England was uh, was in it, I was like, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." Yeah, um, yeah. But did you prepare me? to sort of uh, project kind of a Bill Maher vibe when you went into <laughs> audition? Was that it, or did they let you off the hook at some point prior to going in? Well, I think they were just uh, just like visually. They were looking for a Bill Maher. Oh, okay, um, I see. Is what what it said. So <laughs> right. I've kind of got like a sense. big. I guess my nose is somewhat big, maybe, and Bill Maher has a big nose. Uh, I, don't I don't know about it, that, but yeah, yeah. So I had, that, that I had people like that. They were telling me that I was given like a Patrick Wilson kind of vibe, which I was. I mean, I was cool with that. I mean, oh he's yeah, a good actor. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, huh, <laughs> yeah, Patrick perfect. Wilson, all right, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have that. Now that I think about it, Patrick Wilson's a good comparison. In fact, you guys could play like b- b- brothers or something like that in a show. 
Yeah, that would I'm work. I'm down for that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, you know, last time we didn't have much time to talk politics because I had like a gazillion questions about Ozark for you and, and your career <laughs> and so on. So today we're going to fix all of that, Kevin. Uh, it's your your turn to Let's vent. Do it. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, when you travel to a set to shoot a show or a film or something like that, do you bring all your classified documents with you or do you leave those at home? <laughs> I, uh, I make sure to lock them up uh, <laughs> in, the in my trailer, yeah. you know, make sure the PAs don't see them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, what a slow news week, huh? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's been great. It's actually been uh, one of those things where for whatever it was, seven years, we were dealing with uh, what I've been calling the fire hose of news. Uh, and they mm -hmm. were it was all bad news. It was all terrifying news where I think we were all waking up in the morning going, okay, what's it going to be today? Are, are we going to see a mushroom cloud? Is he going to fire off nuclear weapons? I mean, that's what I was thinking throughout that seven years. And finally, we get to 2022 it's one thing after another. It seems like every day there's another another bit of at least promising news. Yeah. You can at least start there. Dude, like Joe Biden has done so much, uh, you know, and it's just I think it's finally starting to get recognized. I mean, the infrastructure bill, the 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 what was the one he just passed, the recent one that was a. Uh, oh, the Inflation Reduction the, Act. <laughs> the Republicans are fascist. I mean, it is what it is. Like, we just got to call it. They're, they're, no like wait, they're, they're semi-fascist. Oh, I'm sorry. Be... Joe was like semi, <laughs> semi-fascist. Yeah. Like I love how he only said he had to he he put semi. Yeah. Like, I was like, come on, come on, Joe. We know. Are Are you enjoying the garment rending over semi-fascist? Just like the uh, whiny diaper babies who have spent the last, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many, at least a couple of decades accusing Democrats of being communists, uh, certainly of being baby killers. We're apparently, yeah. Kevin, we're, we're waiting for babies to be born so we can murder them in their cribs. But we've been accused yes. of that numerous times. Yeah, a nine-month, nine what is it, like nine-month abortion or something? Yeah, and I think last time you mentioned you have uh, MAGA relatives. Am I remembering that correctly? Is that true? Uh, my dad, you know, he's I I love him, but he's uh, yeah, he's he's on the right. I don't think now he didn't like he's voted Democratic in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I I think it was maybe Jimmy Carter that yeah. he voted for. Um, Interesting, but. Like I, I was on the phone with him, uh, or I called him, uh, I think late last week. And what did he, he, he brought up something about, I didn't even say anything. And he brought up <laughs> politics. So I was like, dad, uh -oh. I'm calling to say hi. <laughs> I can't even, oh, he said, uh, what do you think about your, uh, your side of the aisle wanting to let everybody out of jail? And I was like, what? Wait, what? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? God. He's like, yeah, yeah, didn't you hear this? I was like, Dad, Dad, please no. I'm driving right now. We can't have this conversation. Is that typically how you handle it? Because I, I know <laughs> one of the reasons I ask is I think we all have relatives, close family members, certainly in some cases old friends. And so I'm always curious how uh, people handle that conflict. I know for me, I just don't even go there. 
I don't even bring it up. We don't talk about it. We just, that whole side. I mean, in fact, my entire career, it's one of those things where I just don't bring it up if it's in mixed company. Certainly if I know Mm -hmm. someone agrees with me, then that's kind of safe territory. But when it comes to family members, it's really challenging, isn't it? It's difficult because like in the past, I couldn't really talk politics because, I mean, not that I know, you know, I'm a whiz at it, like, you and Stephanie Miller and Tom Hartman. I listen to all y'all. Um, but I've, I've learned a lot more uh, in the last couple of years. I think, well, thanks to Trump, you know, you got to yeah. learn. Uh, and that's why I wouldn't talk politics with him. But now that I know more about it, I feel more confident that I can chat with him. But then he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But then when we're driving sometimes, like he'll bring it up and I'm like, dad, what are you doing? You don't want to talk. I know you don't want to talk politics. <laughs> he, he's like, <laughs> it's like he's goading me and yeah, I yeah. love him to death. But I mean, you know, it's it can it can get frustrating because Republicans, they have this idea of the great Amer- like the American dream. It's like, mm-hmm. hey you know what, we should have lower taxes for rich people because someday you're going to be rich and you're going to want those breaks. It's well, so strange. The aspirational it's, aspect of that is is bizarre to me. It's like, yeah, we want these tax yeah. breaks just in case we win the lottery or just in case yeah. there's this giant windfall in our lives. And therefore, you know, the first thing top of mind in that circumstance is, gee, I hope I don't have to pay a lot in taxes. It's like the right. last I, thing I, you're thinking about. It, it's it's insane. Like, yeah. And I mean, Democrat, the Democratic Party has always been for the working man, woman, person. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, like I, I don't understand how they get people. Well, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, they get people to vote for them because with wedge issues like culture wars. Yeah, I, I mean, I just believe that these big, you know, corporations like the oil, big pharma, like they could care less about culture wars but they're like well how do we get people to vote for the side that we need them to vote for because mm-hmm. we don't want to help we don't want to help them we don't want to you know make their lives better but how can we make them vote for us i know we'll get them to hate the black guy the brown person you know like we'll, <laughs> we'll get the fight going on and it's just like that uh that meme that i showed you mm-hmm. uh you know with the with the business guy and you got the work, the two workers on each side and there's one cookie in the middle and the business guy's got a shit ton of cookies with him. (laughs) And he leans over to the, one of the workers and he's like, Hey, you see that worker over there? He wants to steal your cookie. Like what? Like that's, that's, (laughs) it's like, Hey, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay, back with Kevin Johnson here in just one second. But first, let's talk about the after party. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. And by the way, Kimberly Johnson, Kevin Johnson, no relation. But this podcast is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. All-time favorites all day long. Are you living in Georgia now? Is that where you are now? Yeah, I've been living in Georgia since uh, like late 2015. So I'm sure you've got Herschel Walker fever. There's no way he's going to debate Raphael Warnock. It would just be an absolute train wreck. And I just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think they're going to debate? You know, I I just don't. I don't see how. I I feel like his people are going to be like, no, man, we got to avoid this. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're sort of in the polls still. Like, let's not. Let's not jinx it kind of thing. Mm-hmm, right. And honestly, I don't care if they debate or not. Usually these debates are just meaningless and there's never a, a clear, you know, quote unquote winner of the debate. And it just ends up uh, being a show. And yeah, I'm, I'm more concerned about Herschel Walker delivering floor speeches on, on the floor of the United States Senate. That's, <laughs> oh my that's my bigger concern because that's going to be. We- Bad. We got Tommy Tuberville there right now. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what worries me. But then also Alabama is really, really red and Georgia's not. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I still think that he, that Warnock is going to win. Uh, I see how Stacey Abrams can lose. So, uh, you know, last night we got the DOJ's response to uh, Trump's special master lawsuit in this Mar-a-Lago case. Um, do you think we finally got him, Kevin? I, I, I love that John Oliver <laughs> thing with the button and the banners and everything that come down and say, we got him. And we never quite got him. <laughs> but do you think this time I, we got him? I mean, I would like to think we do, but the dude is just made out of Teflon. And I just, yeah. I don't get it. And I know we've talked about this and he will continue just like Adam Schiff said, he will continue to do this because I'm convinced that this man's brain has not evolved from the age of like seven or eight. And he's the kid who, who touches the stove because, you know, to find out that it's hot, still touches it again, or, you know, steals money out of his mom's purse because she doesn't hold him accountable. Like he, he, he will continue to do these things until he's held accountable because he thinks he is above the law and goes all along with the whole, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose any votes. He's a man child. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make you scratch your head, Kevin, when you see uh, the behavior that's being elevated by uh, Donald Trump's supporters, certainly his most radical supporters, where 
all of the things that we were taught as children that constituted values, good character, uh, decent behavior in a society, and so on, these are all things that are being actively rejected by the example of Donald Trump, by obviously Donald Trump himself, and then the example he's setting for all these people who are following suit, who are behaving exactly like he does. I find it immensely uh, disturbing and disillusioning when I see people who raised our generations, who taught us about these values and good character and so on, now behaving contrary to all those things that we were taught. Is that something that you've observed as well? Is that something that uh, frustrates you? I mean, I know it is going back to our conversation about our family members and friends who might be Donald Trump supporters. That's one of the many things that kind of baffles me about all of this. I don't understand how they justify that behavior. But Bob, you know these are like good Christian people, right? Like these are <laughs> right. They they love Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know. They probably wouldn't <laughs> let him, you know, uh came to their door. He they'd probably be like, Whoa, who is this brown guy? Yeah, uh yeah. you know, and that they they see they see Jesus as buddy buddy Christ from <laughs> from dog from dogma with the exactly with the two thumbs up. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like the idea of, of being a sore loser. I, I was taught for many, many years, especially playing youth sports, soccer, baseball, etc., that you shouldn't be a sore loser. That's for bad people. Only yeah. bad people whine and cry if they lose. It's like if you were going out for a role and they gave it to someone else, uh, you were to go on Twitter and say, why is the system rigged against me personally? <laughs> whining and crying. I mean, that's one of the many things, but I think that's a big deal. I think the idea of being a sore loser is now widely accepted among God only knows 74 million people in this country. Plus. And, and Trump has always been a sore loser. Yeah, Like he, like whether it's golfing or real estate, like, he cheat in golfing and he does not like (laughs) to lose. Of course. Yeah. My ongoing assumption, Kevin is never give him the benefit of the doubt. If you assume he's doing something bad, he probably is, like cheating in golf, for yeah. example. So, yeah, yeah. He's all like, hasn't he? Didn't he say like years and years ago? There's a quote if you say something over and over again, then people will believe it eventually. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he knows what he says is complete bullshit. <laughs> um, and, uh, says it over and over again, then it has to be true. Why would the leader of the free world lie to you, right? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he he uses the same – like, that's the way he got away with a lot of stuff in real estate. Like, you know, he didn't pay anybody. Uh, he didn't – His he went bankrupt so many times probably, and uh, he took that mentality into the White House, and I don't see – I don't know how he – he, I mean, I guess he got people to vote for him because, you know, the whole white grievance, like, oh, woe is me, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, and he gets it. No, he doesn't get it. He's a rich billionaire. Why would you think he, no, he's not, he's not you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> he's not trying to help you. Right. Like, and then I guess the, the follow-up question, Kevin, is do these people come back from that? Look, I understand conservatism. I understand embracing ideas like small government and low taxes right. and 
the basic core of conservative values, or at least the way they yeah. used to be. But now we've got obviously this this movement towards tossing aside good character, tossing aside good behaviors. Okay, well we can do whatever the hell we want, and if we're told not to, it's just a conspiracy to silence us, etc. Mm-hmm. We know the whole Trumpism thing. Do people come back from this obvious brainwashing? Once Trump is out of the way, or does Trumpism continue to uh, manifest itself in new and awful ways moving forward? Uh, unfortunately, I feel like it's going to continue. I mean, yeah. whether I don't think he's going to run for president. I mean, he may not be alive. I mean, he's getting up there. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and he and his diet is well something to think about. Um, <laughs> but I mean. Look, I, I think we're going to be looking at Ron DeSantis or Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz, God, again, mm-hmm. uh, running for for president. Um, and I worry Ron DeSantis would be the worst of them all because uh, he's like they call him like kind of a smart, like an intelligent Trump, I guess. Ugh, like yeah. he can he sounds like he's presidential. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to go away i don't know if he's really talking to, he is does he really talk about voter fraud though or is he kind of staying away from all that because he wants to kind of try to get in the middle lane some way in 2024 are you to talking about try De- to be desantis desantis oh does yeah he talk about voter fraud oh yeah in fact he formed a task force uh that's right spending millions millions and millions of dollars and they arrested i think 20 different you know, quote unquote suspects who they insist Mm. committed voter fraud. And what it turns out to be is that these voters who are, uh, I think mostly, if not all ex cons did prison time, came out of prison, tried to register Mm. to vote and were actually accepted, received voter registration cards, their application was approved, et cetera. So they thought, well, I guess we can vote. And so they went in and voted. And then Ron DeSantis sends like the SWAT team against them with helicopters, this complete overreaction, this obvious pander to the red hats to say, Hey, look at me. I'm cracking down on voter fraud in this state. And not even mentioning that probably half of those 20 people may have voted for Donald Trump. If you go, if you, if you look at the split in Florida between Trump and Biden, it's very likely that that ratio played out among these 20 voters who Ron DeSantis claims uh, voted illegally, when in fact, it, it sounds more like entrapment to me. So Ron DeSantis is yeah. absolutely on the vanguard of playing up this series of big lie laws in Florida. And it, there's no one who more obviously panders to the culture war, panders to red hats, panders to Trump supporters than Ron DeSantis. And he's just this empty suit, nothing of a guy who barely won his race for governor. uh, Right. Yeah. (laughs) So now Andrew Gillum almost beat him. Yes. Yeah. So now he's the standard bearer. Now he's their guy that they're now hoping, well, if Trump doesn't run, it's going to be Ron DeSantis. And it's just, it's staggering to me that they've reached the bottom of the bucket that quickly. <laughs> like, there's no one else. If it's not Trump, it's this guy. I thought Nikki Freed was going to win the primary. I was a little surprised. Yeah. Uh, but using the way, I, I can just see in 2024, Woke will go somewhere in his, uh, 
in his like saying for the presidency, like I'm going to stop the woke agenda or, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's just whatever, ha- what, like what's wrong with being uh, kind and generous to yeah. all people. I, I like, how is that? I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It's it, they're like, demonizing the uh, values of inclusion, enlightenment, and what they're really doing is, I believe every time they use the word woke, they're kind of invoking the N-word without saying the oh, N-word. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of the uh, yeah. dog whistle they're using for their people. You know, the, the Red Hats here woke and they immediately go to, oh, black people, black lives matter. Okay, that's what yeah. we're screaming about here. Great. That's yeah. the whole. That's the whole idea of like, how do we get people to vote for us without actually helping these people? Oh, I know. We'll get them to hate other people. We'll we'll pit people against each other. Yeah, you know. And I can just see the greedy bastards and at the oil companies be like, "Oh, that's how we're going to get lower taxes." Well, let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, like that. I feel like that's what it all comes down to: making sure these big corporations pay as low a tax rate as possible, um, so they can create more jobs, right? Like the whole trickle down economics, because that totally works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though that's been oh debunked like a gazillion times yes. over. And then the culture war is used to get people who are, you know, middle class, struggling working families to vote against their economic best interests. Uh, and the, the way that happens is through uh, demonizing trans people, demonizing gay people, demonizing black people, demonizing women. And that's the trick. That's the trick that they, they don't see. Yeah. They don't have any moral compass. I mm. think they just want to, they just don't want to pay. Th- they don't want to help pay for the country that we live in. Are, are you ready for the civil war? Have you uh, got, <laughs> gotten your, your uniform together and your, your firearms to, oh my God. You saw the videos, right? These people right are there. insane. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, like five, four. It looked like a dance recital or something. It was, yeah. All right, everybody. It, it was uh, amazing to look at that video and to see them rehearsing what looked like Napoleonic tactics, which is, Essentially, what were what was used in the first half of the 19th century in warfare, when there was just like lead musket balls that would fire inaccurately, and you had to march right up to your enemy in a single column and start firing away like at point blank range in order to hit anybody. And of course, that was all thrown out in, during the Civil War, you know, 160 years ago. <laughs> And they're rehearsing this. Yeah. Uh, I think deep down they like, they, they like this. I, I feel like they're like, man, we're actually, okay, cool. We've seen all these movies. We've seen game of Thrones, we, mm-hmm. you know, like we can be part of that. Like we can, <laughs> you know, like it's a game to them. Yeah. I really deep down believe like that. They're like, Oh man, it's like dungeons and dragons or mm-hmm. something. Or, uh, the live role-playing. Yeah, I was going to uh, say live-action role-playing. Yeah, LARPers. Yes. They're, they're LARPers. LARP, yes. Not to <laughs> bash LARPers because that looks like right. – I mean, I've seen it. It looks like a lot of fun. But these guys, it would not surprise me if some of them were LARPers. Mm-hmm. And just finding something to do. You know, some people join a basketball team or a bowling team. These guys, you know, they get together and they're like, hey, let's get ready for the end of the world, shall we? Awesome. Oh okay, God. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um one of the things that's been floating around all over Twitter today is this uh, photo 
of a bunch of top secret documents that were seized at mm -hmm. Mar-a-Lago on August 8th. And uh, they're spread out over the floor. They're obviously redacted, so you can't see any of the content of them. Are you as amused by the gaslighting and dumb guy excuses as I am with the Republicans yes. so far on this one? Yeah, and I love how uh, Trump said on his, uh, <laughs> quote, social media thing, uh, you know, like, oh, they, you know, they, they're all spread out. They made it look like I left. Like, a lot we can bash Republicans on and oh, Trump yeah. on. Mm. I don't believe that he, as dumb as he is, I don't think he just had them laying on the ground like that. I'm not that <laughs> stupid. No, of course Obviously, not. They're, they took them out of the box, which is, I, I would assume that they were in that box that's on the right-hand side of the screen, which doesn't look like a safe or anything to me. It looks like a box you put folders in. <laughs> which is, of course, where you would put classified documents that nobody need, is allowed to see. Makes perfect sense uh, to put them with Time Magazine. Sure. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Is that where they're? That's where they're getting at, right? That that's where they put. They got them from that box. I would assume. Yeah, I don't know whether they came from that box or not, but it was obvious that Donald Trump had them, so they took them out like any crime scene photo laid them all down. These are the documents that we seized. Here they are. And and Donald Trump is trying to get his poorly educated followers to believe that the FBI was trying to say that he did that, that he <laughs> spread them. It's just, it, you know what? It screams out to me, Kevin. It just screams out that they've got nothing. They've got no defense. They're just no. throwing anything against the wall, hoping it sticks with a few people here and there. But ultimately, it feels like they're trapped. It feels like they're stuck, that Donald Trump uh, can't quite wiggle out of this, that he won't be able to. goes back to what we were saying before. We got him. I think we got him on this one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think uh, you think he's going to be indicted? Absolutely. It's just a matter I just of timing. Don't see how, I, yeah, I just don't see how you can't indict him um, unless you're just worried that there's going to be, like Lindsey Graham said, but that's not the DOJ's place they, to work, you know, yeah. they didn't have any problem, you know, saying that they were going to investigate Hillary Clinton, right. you know, at the last minute of the election. Um, probably because, you know, our side is not a scary mob. Yeah. And I've been thinking about uh, the timing of uh, a potential indictment. It's possible that everything we're seeing as far as the search and seizure at Mar-a-Lago and the fallout from that is not the end-all be-all of what Donald Trump could be charged with in this investigation. What I'm getting at is yeah. that maybe, of course, I don't know. This is all conjecture. This is all theorizing. But maybe this is on the path to a larger set of charges where yeah. they're maybe not necessarily examining and obviously it's indictable, but maybe the centerpiece of this isn't just the documents that were handed over in the 15 boxes back in January or the mm -hmm. additional documents they got in June or the documents they got in August, that it's something else. Like this is a stepping stone to a larger set of indictable offenses. And in, if that's the case, I completely understand having to take 
whatever time is required to get to that series of charges being handed down. So I don't know that we should necessarily be trying to hurry them up, even though time is of the essence, because if a Republican gets yeah. elected in 2024, the first thing they're going <laughs> to yeah. do is to, uh, to pardon Donald Trump. So there is, yeah. a, there is a time consideration here, but I think as far as the, the scope of this investigation, the scope of what this grand jury is doing may lead us well beyond uh, Espionage Act, well beyond the obstruction yeah. of justice charges that are already on the table. There may be something more than that. I don't know where you land on this, but uh, that's my theory. Well, I mean, I think uh, Tom Hartman, you know, said that there's a good chance. I mean, for one, like, why does he have those documents in the first place? Like, you just have to ask yourself. Yeah. I mean, and what, what do you how think? did Jerry Kushner make two billion dollars i just i i don't even know how that works like do you you take them across the country you know to <laughs> russia or whatever and you show hey here you go putin you want to take a look at what you know and take a picture and then i'll take them back yeah like, how does i don't even know how that works yeah that's but, a really good question like how would he go about selling what's his process for selling a top secret document to saudi arabia or something like that i, I mean i gotta think that that's uh legitimate possibility like that, that's a possibility right i mean sure it's just, like I, but i don't even know how you would go about doing that um <laughs> but if they are able to prove somehow that he did that like like that's that's really really fucking bad like that's damning stuff that's that's prison for life i would say oh god yeah know? yeah yeah if like, he was if selling that right if he was selling oh. top secret especially human intelligence to yeah. russia or saudi arabia or whoever uh if he was just showing it to a guest at mar-a-lago even something mm -hmm. like that we're talking about serious damage uh, to national security on top of the fact that it endangers the lives of our spies, our military personnel who are overseas. Obviously, we have seen now at least two different people, suspicious people, worming their way into Mar-a-Lago. Like there's this uh, Ukrainian yeah. speaking woman who right, yeah, made her way into Mar-a-Lago, was playing golf with Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump, had her photo taken <laughs> with them. Oh who God. knows who they're communicating with? So it, it doesn't even have to be. And obviously we know Donald Trump's transactional. Everything he does yeah. is a quid pro quo. I'll give you this if you give me that. That's his whole thing. But at the same time, yep. he's just a, he's a dumb guy who likes to show off. And so he's going to inadvertently allow, just by the very nature of these documents being everywhere, all over the place at Mar-a-Lago, it's entirely possible that whether it's maintenance staff or housekeeping staff caught a glimpse of one of these things. Certainly his attorneys, if his attorneys, uh, if his legal representatives looked at these documents, they don't have security clearance to look at these things. No. So it's a complete clusterfuck from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. We we don't know. And that's why I think there's maybe another layer to this. And that's where maybe the grand jury is leading ultimately. But the real important thing, Bob, is what is on Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> like that's, that's the most important thing. And there just, is no laptop. That. Yeah, there is. <laughs> exactly. Right? We, you know what? We've got pictures of the top secret documents oh. on the floor of Mar-a-Lago. What we don't have anywhere ever is a picture of Hunter Biden's laptop. Why? Because there is no laptop. We're talking about, exactly. at the very least, a hard drive. 
And this is uh, next level madness. The same goes oh, with Jesus. Hillary Clinton's email server. Yeah. Turns out there oh were yeah there were only three documents on Hillary Clinton's email server that were even hinted at being confidential. The markings on them are inconclusive as far as their classification status, and they were all handed over. Hillary Clinton handed yeah. over the server to the FBI. They retrieved the documents. Game over. I mean, you could say that, all right, this was kind of irresponsible to have a yeah. homebrew server and have staffers sending you things onto this email server. But <laughs> this is nowhere, the anywhere same in the same no, no, absolutely not. You're absolutely right on that. There's no <laughs> comparison whatsoever. But no. it's, uh, it's all whataboutism, isn't it? Always. Always with the right, yes. Okay, back with more Kevin Johnson right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. So, apart from baseball, what are you watching these days? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you see my baseball? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I I follow you on Twitter, Kevin. Of course I see your baseball tweets. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you're uh, watching on TV or any any films you've seen lately that uh, blew your mind, et cetera? I just started watching The Patient on Hulu uh, with Steve Carell and uh, and, uh, I think Donald Gleason. uh, it 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 just came out yesterday. And he's like Donald Gleason is like a like a serial killer, but he's trying to stop. So he he kidnaps Steve Carell, his therapist, and brings him to like this house, and, and he wants him to stop him from killing people. Mm-hmm. So he's you know, and that that was an interesting. It's uh, that's an interesting show. Um, house of the Dragon uh, on uh, HBO. The Game of Thrones prequel just started. That's yeah, I, that's a really cool show. I stirred up some controversy on my show because I watched. Oh, did you? I I watched and for the most part loved Game of Thrones. I got to the point where I couldn't endure the uh, storytelling sucker punches from that show anymore. Where you know you really oh. get to you get to like a character and you you try you root for that character and suddenly they're brutally killed in some way. Oh, like like when that little yeah. girl is burned at the stake. I was like, oh holy shit, are you fucking kidding me? They're. Bur- I remember that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh that was God. like that was I think. That and the whole Reek situation where he's being tortured relentlessly throughout the season. Uh, between those two things, I was like, oh, fuck this show. But I, I couldn't stop. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a testament to the quality of the show. I couldn't stop watching the yeah. show. But when it comes to House of the Dragon, I'm like, 
Well, okay, if you're if you're into that, great. I just I can't subject myself to it anymore. I can't <laughs> I can't deal with it. And it's then like it, a yeah. It's like succession. Like it's uh, more like succession than Game of Thrones. It's right. It's uh, because they're battling each other. Like the house, the house, the Targaryens are fighting with each other. So mm-hmm. it's very succession like. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you've seen, uh, and I've been recommending this to anyone who uh, who who's looking for something to watch, uh, the White Lotus on HBO. Oh. Which yeah, is, I loved it. We've watched it a couple of times so far, and it just it gets better and better and better with every every watching. It's just a, such an unusual and strange. I mean, yeah. uh, Mike White has such an uh, interesting perspective on things. It's very quirky, yeah. uh, very offbeat, which is is wonderful as well. And so, uh, yeah, I strongly, strongly recommend uh, the White Lotus. Are you going to go to the Emmys this year? Uh, me personally, probably not. Um, they only like if you get nominated. And yes, the show is nominated, but like uh, I think it's only individuals who I are see. nominated get a get an invite. Yeah. But I'll definitely be watching uh, from my couch, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough competition, obviously, uh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think Ozark has a chance. Um, and then the SAG Awards next year, I have a good feeling that we'll be nominated, uh, which means I'll get to actually go to the SAG Awards, mm-hmm. which would be really cool. Um, and then I can meet my future ex-wife if she wasn't already married, Jessica <laughs> Chastain. <laughs> but then also, like, like there's going to be some that's going to be some tough competition uh, yeah. next year as well. Um, I like our chances, um, but Better Call Saul is also oh yeah, up, and that shows phenomenal. What'd you think? Uh, what'd you think and, of the finale? Oh, I loved it. I thought that was great. Uh, the whole idea of like the. Orson Welles time machine, uh, 19, was it 1984? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. we yeah. They were asking about, yeah, the time machine. If you had a time machine and you time go back machine. in time and, and correct something that you did in your life, would you do it? I, I love that. And, and, the, and also the fact and he that, did. right. And that he was asking essentially three ghosts, which kind of had a Dickensian aspect to it. Yeah. Interacted oh, with three people who were d- dead yes. at that point. <laughs> yeah. I That's found that brilliant. utterly yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, I found a little bit of a parallel between your character from Ozark and Jimmy McGill, where ultimately in the oh. end they're redeemed, where, uh, you know, you figure, oh shit, they're really on the wrong path here. But ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, it turns out well. Uh, for for both Sam and Jimmy at the end of uh, these two series, which are, again, they're running parallel with each other as these groundbreaking, extraordinarily popular series. And so it's not that difficult to see the comparisons between the two as far as, uh, you know, where your character ended up and where uh, Jimmy McGill ended up. So, yeah, it was an interesting yeah, crossover. Yeah, I, I, just, I just wonder, because uh, I felt like Jimmy thought he was going to be able to get away with this like throughout the episode Mm -hmm. and he wanted Kim there. Um, Do you, I I, like, was it like a last minute kind of thing? He looked out, he sees her in the back and he's like, okay, this is, I've gone too far with this. I can't do this. And then that was his moment where he decided to basically throw himself under the bus and, and take it all. Uh, That's a good question. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking he could have easily, you know, at the be- like 
I mean, he could have easily just taken the punishment, you know, uh, but he went so like, he was so good at, you know, like leniency, like he was able to get a better uh, sentence and everything. But was all that just a lead up just to get Kim to come to the courtroom so he could, you know, at the last minute, do the right thing? Like, I just. Yeah, I think I, I know exactly where you're getting at. I think it was all part of the plan. I think that was uh, something that he devised while he was on the plane traveling from Omaha mm-hmm. back to Albuquerque to be put on trial. I think when he heard that Kim was in danger of a civil lawsuit where her life yeah. had been destroyed, I think at that point, that's when he formulated this plan. And there was that misdirect where we thought he was going to throw Kim under the bus. What I believe uh, what happened in that courtroom is that Jimmy finally killed Saul Goodman. Uh, despite mm. what happened in the bus on the way to this awful yeah. prison he went on. But, <laughs> yeah. but ultimately, I believe that Saul Goodman died in that courtroom uh, to be replaced by Jimmy McGill. It was a rebirth, in a sense. Uh, another parallel with uh, Sam, where he was reborn yeah, okay. in, in baptism. So I felt like these are two characters that could have gone horribly awry in the end and ended up being redeemed in the end. So there's your connection, Kevin, to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to better call you Saul. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that producers, you did a better call Saul show. Let's do a better, better call Sam show. Come on guys. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Let's have the Sam spinoff. We need the Sam spinoff. I think that's a, that's a great idea. You need to call your agent immediately to propose that. <laughs> So uh, one last thing here, uh, Kevin, it looks like you're climbing aboard the convention circuit. Uh, where are you uh, appearing? Uh, you're going to do, what is it, some sort of spooktacular kind of thing? Yeah, um, I just signed with a personal uh, a, a personal appearance agent. I had, oh, great. I had one of those. And yeah. I was like, I heard you can, you know, you can make some good money doing that. You can mm-hmm. meet more fans. So, yeah, he got me one uh, in Florida. December 17th and the 18th, I think. Um, it's on my Instagram page. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's mainly for Stranger Things, um, but there's a lot of Ozark fans out there. So I'm sure people, I get recognized all the time when I'm out and about. Uh, so I'm sure people will recognize me for Ozark as well there. Yeah, and, and I heard uh, <laughs> at least it was fictionalized on Shit's Creek. Apparently, they're re- they're really into taking pictures of your feet at these things, and I'm not sure if that's a real thing, but that's <laughs> that's what they did on. I'm Schitt's gonna find Creek. out, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> make sure you're wearing clean socks. That's all I have to say, Kevin. Uh, be ready. Yeah, I'll just have like a t- I'll have some peanut butter beside me. I'll be like, hey, does anybody <laughs> want to put peanut butter on my toes and take a picture? You know, <laughs> just like the show. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, where can people find you on uh, social media, Kevin? Uh, on Twitter, it'd be uh, Kevin underscore L underscore Johnson. Ah, see, it and, makes me makes me feel better about having an underscore <laughs> in my Twitter handle, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin L. Johnson was already taken, so I had to put those there. Um, <laughs> and uh, for Instagram, it's going to be the Kevin L. Johnson. I had because somebody already had Kevin L. Johnson. I had to put the in the front. See, we're like social media brothers, Kevin, because I had to put the in front of my name because someone had taken taken my name on Instagram. So, well, thank you so much, my friend. It was great talking to you. And uh, good luck. Good luck on the uh, spooktacular. 
bud. All right, take it easy, my friend. All right, later. Bye-bye. Hey there, pretty bird.